So there's this crazy old lady. I mean, we're talking old. We're talking like, you know, Ruth Gator Ginsburg old. And she's running around the park completely naked wearing a cape. And she's hiding and she's jumping out and she's scaring people. And these joggers come by and she's hiding behind a tree and she jumps out and she makes like the Superman pose. And she's like, super pussy. She laughs and goes running off and the joggers are like confused and a little bit mortified. And she hides behind some bushes and you get a young couple with a stroller a kid coming by and she jumps out right in front and makes a pose and yells, super pussy, runs off laughing maniacally, sneaks up behind, you know, there's a bench and there's a really old guy like Norman Lear old. Let's call him Norman Lear. So Norman Lear is sitting on the bench and she jumps in front of him and super pussy. He's like, what was that? Super pussy. I'll have the soup. No. <laughs> hey, uh, this is Jacques. This is Joe. And welcome to Carnival Personnel. Yeah, that was a funny joke. <laughs> Over. Hey, I liked it. Uh, anyone that uh, makes one of us. <laughs> including the four other people listening. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the other, I know at least two of them have heard it yeah. several times. Yeah. Uh, anyways, welcome to Carnival Personnel. Um, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for finding us on YouTube, Podbean, or um, or iTunes. Uh, thank you, Joe, for following me on Twitter because I think I'm, I'm talking to everybody who follows me on Twitter. I don't mean through the podcast. I mean... <laughs> You in this right. room. So. No, well, I see that you're getting some likes on some of your tweets. Well, it's funny because it, it's like you get a like or you get a retweet, and, and you're like, oh, awesome. And then I look, it's like, oh, it's Joe. Right. <laughs> or I look, and it's like some uh, paid hack site, some paid... Right, check out my pussy.com. Right, well, one of them was... Um, Buyfollowers.com oh like liked something Wait, of mine. You got liked by buyfollowers. Buyfollowers.com liked me. And then uh I'm jelly. And then the other day, it's like uh I got this, I, you know, it was an advertisement, but it was this anti-Qatar advertisement. I got the same thing. Okay. I, but then I got a, a pro blockade of I Well, that's know. what I mean. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a blockade Qatar. Yeah. But I got two of them. Things. And it's <laughs> and it's from Saudi Arabia. Like like the website, you know, you look into it. And I was reading the messaging and I actually, you know, I I had written, you know, on one of the message things. I'm like, "Hey, I actually spent the last 3 years there. I never felt more welcomed or safer. I have a lot of great friends there. You know, Qatar is great. You know, Saudi Arabia isn't. And a few people like that. And then I, I said something about, you know, and then the next day I got another ad. And I'm like, this is brought to us by our good friends in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. You know, the people behind 9-11, uh, the people who behead on a regular basis, like every they have a beheading at a soccer stadium every the last Friday, which is their holy day, like the last Friday, the first Friday of every month. They do like a mass, like 20, 30, like beheadings, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know. So that's why soccer is so popular. It's so, and, and so, and somebody liked, you know, my, my thing about that. And I follow them and they're this anti-Muslim person. It's like, you see, I wasn't anti-Muslim. I'm not anti-Middle East. I'm anti-getting these. Anyways. You know what they say about followers and likes on Twitter? I do not know. You take the good. You take the bad. You take them both. <laughs> and there you have the facts life. The, the facts, facts life. Round. There's time you gotta grow and show you grow and now you know about the facts of life. The facts of life. Well, the world never seems to be living up to your dreams. 
And suddenly you're finding out the facts of life are all about you. Oh my god. That gets the golf clap. Wow. Where am I? <laughs> I just woke up in a haze, like like a fever dream. I'm I'm flop sweating. What the hell is so, that? So again, so yesterday afternoon, uh I, I you know, talking to Joe about like the rundown for the show and then, you know, I'm putting it kind of you know, not not yeah, kind of in order, but kind of want to hit on talking points, and we think we got the show all wrapped up. Uh, you know, this big week's talking points was about Blotus at the UN. You know, getting up there, calling Kim Jong Un names again because that's always the way to go. You know, yeah, and we and we will talk about that. But you know, I thought, okay, we got this button down. It's not going to be about all Trump. It's not going to be all politics. It's not going to be all his crazy shit on Twitter. And then you wake up this morning and you find out at his uh, at his speech at his rally in Alabama that he you know was of course going off on like McCain and and the repeal, but he also took you know time out to make sure that he uh, went after Colin Kaepernick, saying he should be fired for taking a knee, not remembering that you got to get hired yeah before you get fired. Maybe that's what he wants. He wants to see him get hired and then get just to get fired. Well, well. He wants him to get hired so that he can get his job numbers up, <laughs> but right. then he wants to be able to fire him. You know, that's a good point. Like, you know, he's always talking about getting his job numbers up, jobs, jobs, jobs. But with that, does he ever focus on the firing numbers? Right. They're, they're just through his administration? Yeah, just through his television show. Right, right. That's the, the whole crux of your reality it's, career. So this guy is like opposite man. But he does. He's going off, uh, calls, calls people who take a knee sons of bitches. And again, oh, is that what he said? Yeah, sons of bitches. They they should all be fired. And then he rails against the NFL and says that people should protest and stop watching the NFL. And uh, I think you're well aware, Joe, that that I'm not a big fan of Ro- Roger Goodell. But Roger comes out, and rightfully so, and he has the right to do this. He he made it clear that these people can have a First Amendment right. But he said, you want to boycott the NFL and you think just what has been done with relief alone by the NFL and the NFL players, again, J.J. Watt, and these are the people that you want to ban the whole league because a couple people don't agree with your point of view? Well, again, you also have to look at the source. I mean, Trump had a thing against the right. NFL. Right. Yeah, right. he has. So everybody that he rails against, he had a history with, and a, not a typically good history. But at the same time, there was a list that came out last week, and I don't know. I, I'd have to look it up. But I think it was like 13 or 14, maybe more, different owners of NFL teams gave him a million dollars plus for his for his campaign for for his campaign and of course we know the the crafts were one of the people one of the you know NFL families that gave him a million dollars plus towards his campaign yeah i choose to ignore that but wait, go wait, on. Wait, but but so so he so just those people alone like woody johnson uh, the owner of the jets was one of his bigger personal campaign persons which is why he made him ambassador to ireland like yeah. i think it was ireland it's like truly he bought an ambassadorship the state department is running more than 30 30% less at capacity. There's countries all over the world without ambassadors. But if Woody Johnson wants to buy himself an ambassadorship, and again, he's saying it just to his base, and I get it. But So he's in Alabama, and I, I'm not saying this to generalize somebody without doing a little bit of research, but Joe and I were just talking. Alabama ranks in the bottom five 
of education, like what they spend per child per capita. Uh, I call it thriftiness. <laughs> you know, where, they're, where they rank, uh, college enrollment and all that stuff. So they're in the bottom five in education. Yeah, but how many national championships have they won? Thank you. Uh, but they are in the top five in obesity and the bottom five of life expectancy. And so when you say he was talking to a bunch of fat, old, uneducated white guys. On their deathbeds. On their deathbeds. Uh, And and here's the great thing. The guy that he was down there speaking on behalf of, who's in a runoff for the Senate seat that was vacated when Jeff Sessions became... uh, what, what's Jeff Sessions? What am I <laughs> Thank you. Top, top. You know, this guy um, has been thrown off the Alabama Supreme Court twice. The first time he was thrown off, it's because he had um, a statue of the Ten Commandments put in the state house. And they're like, no, there's a separation of church and state. To which he said, when he got thrown off the bench, God's law comes before man's law. And sadly, because it's Alabama, he ran for the seat and got it again on the on the state Supreme Court and got thrown off the Supreme Court because when marriage equality became rule of the land, he said, nope, not in Alabama. You guys do not have to issue like marriage certificates to the people that, you know, that go against right. your God-fearing views. So 14-year-old girls? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My question to them is, why aren't they married already? They must be the ugly ones or the ones who can run fast. So, but anyways, so that was last night. He went off on that. And then he wakes up this morning before you or I do so he can start tweeting. That's why he's president. Exactly. Thank you, Joe. Uh, The Golden State Warriors were iffy if they were going to go to the White House for their visit. And Kevin Durant had said, no, I'm not going. But the rest of the team and the coaches and the owners had a planned meeting today to see if they were going to go. And most likely they weren't because their coach is probably the most outspoken public person against Trump. Most of the guys on the team probably side with uh, the commentator Hill from ESPN who believes that, you know, he's a white supremacist who surrounds uh, Jamil, himself. Jamel Hill, yeah. So, so he wakes up this morning, you know, being invited to the White House is an honor, but Kevin Durant is wavering. So I'm taking back my invitation. Yeah, but if somebody already said they're not coming to your party... Yeah, <laughs> like, you can't un- uninvite me. I didn't want to come. Yeah, that really, really pretty girl at the end of the bar who wasn't even going to ever look at me. I'm not going to marry her, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, so that's one of the things. So we wanted to talk about all the uh, fun stuff at the UN, but just in the past, like, you know, 14 hours, he decides he's going to rail against the NFL mm-hmm. because... And it's dog whistle stuff. He can't come out and say the colored folk or the black people. He comes out and says, all these sons of bitches. Now, last week, one of the 14 players of the Cleveland Browns who took a knee is a white guy. But to my knowledge, everybody who's been taking a knee and everybody who's been getting criticized for taking a knee has a different complexion than you and I. That's the wrong whistle. I thought it was a whistle whistle, like a referee's whistle. I was going to blow the Trump whistle, because this is a new thing that I'm incorporating in our podcast. Great. Ladies and gentlemen, I hear your cries of help out there. I speak to, I speak to each and every one of our listeners personally, and I understand that the Trump talk on his show is getting a little cumbersome. Agreed. A little... Agreed. So, 
when I feel that Jacques is going on too long about Trump, not that I don't agree with what he's saying, <laughs> it's just that I think the horse is dead. We can bury it, you know, before sundown because <laughs> it's Jewish. So it, wait, it's a Jewish horse. What the hell? You know, what, you have a thing against Jewish horses? I do not. All right. That was supposed to be the Trump whistle, as in, that's enough Trump. Yeah. Moving on. You should have blown that whistle 10 months ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> See what I did there. But so so I was going to talk about his UN stuff. And uh, it was interesting that, you know, the Iranian president came out and said, look, if you back out of the Iran deal after you've backed out of Paris, this is going to look really bad. But it brings up, OK, if he keeps poking the bear, uh, Joe, how long can you survive the apocalypse? <laughs> like, seriously, how long? Like, it all goes to shit. You know, the end of this podcast. How long do you survive? I don't. I just die or commit suicide. So I'm not getting out of this alive. No. I'm a coward. Hey, no one's getting out alive, Joe. Right. No one's getting out alive. But, you know, and I, I keep thinking that, you know, because we've joked that, you know, the boys do jujitsu and, and the oldest one has taken archery. And I told you a few weeks ago, the little guy, he's seven, sees a screwdriver. He picks it up and he's like, this be great in the apocalypse to like stab the zombies in the head. And I'm like... Okay, if I ask him what that tool is called, does he know? He knows it can be used because he's been playing the Walking Dead game, but does he know actually what it is? And I'm not looking for, oh, that's a Phillips or a Flathead. Well, in the apocalypse, he'll have the license to rename it, whatever he wants. He doesn't have to know what society called it. But I did, you know, when when I was, you know, listening to the UN stuff, and and as I walked, like, leaving the apartment, I'm like, oh, well, we got, like, Four of those giant jugs of water, uh-huh. and I'm trying to think how long could we actually last? Because I'm not a gun guy. And that's you where know. Jim Baker's Tubs of Food come in. Yes, is that our new sponsor, Jim Baker's Tubs of Food? I wish. <laughs> God, I love that Christian money. But they do have like, and funny enough, it's on the right wing radio. You hear the survivalist camps that they advertise, and uh, the, the survivalist food supplies and stuff. It's and I guess it's it's been around for a while, like since people started building fallout shelters in the 50s, like freeze-dried food and all this stuff has become a thing. But I thought about that. I'm like, okay, you know, how long could I, because we have wild turkeys. I'm always taking pictures, like when I'm walking the boys to the bus stop, it still amazes me that I live in a place where you have wild turkeys. We have jive turkeys here. <laughs> His town is so much hipper, so much cooler. Do you speak jive? <laughs> <laughs> Just hang loose blood. But I, I was thinking that the other day. I'm like thinking... Could I catch a turkey? And then could I could I make a turkey from scratch? <laughs> you'll learn, pal. You'll learn. I mean, if you see if you've seen Castaway with Tom Hanks, you'll see that in Wilson! 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 And this you. moment is completely sidebarring. Did you cry? What, when Wilson did? Yeah. No. Oh, I did. Oh. Oh, I lost it. Oh, I was my. just, uh, I hurt. It's what like, a pussy. Oh, yes. Soup for pussy. <laughs> I'll take the soup. <laughs> but I did. When Wilson went floating off there, I, I was devastated. No. Honestly. I, I cried was... I cried when, for some reason, when marketing the movie, they gave away that he makes it back to his wife in the trailer, which is a good ex- uh, reason why you should not watch trailers for movies, because right. they sometimes give away too much. And they mostly do. So it's sad that we're half-joking talking about how long can we save an apocalypse, and I hate to think that. It's like, you know, when Ready Fresh sends the every other week the confirmation delivery should i up the amount of water i'm having delivered you know should i get more screwdrivers oh this just in from ready fresh yes (laughs) oh so we're all done with trump 
We're all Thank done. God. All done. Is he gone? Like he just left? <laughs> Great. But let's let's get on to I'm something. I'm sorry. My home planet needs me. <laughs> something uh, a little more humorous. Sean Spicer. <laughs> Man, that guy's a card. So I read everything. I, I've I've I actually never saw his first clip where he's in the oversized suit. Like that was his first time up at the podium. You know, I went back and you know, reading up about like all this this what what is it called the tour he's on? The apology, sorry not sorry tour. Right. I was watching a clip with like Anderson Cooper just tearing it apart. It's like, oh, you didn't know you lied when, and just a series of absolute outright lies. And like the first time he stood at the podium, it's when he was talking about the size of, of the inauguration. Of the inauguration. Audience. So I actually never saw that. I heard it on like you know the the different shows I listened to. I thought the Melissa McCarthy thing was kind of an over the top kind of portrayal because like when Tina Fey was doing her imitation of Sarah Palin, she was friggin' hot. But but she Oh, that's, that's a different topic. Yes, and yes. Uh but she was verbatim just reading off what she had said. However, she would put a couple extra pauses and inflections in there to kind of dumb it up a little bit. So I thought the McCarthy thing was kind of an over-exaggeration thing. He's this little guy in the big suit. And then I physically saw that and I paused it and I said to management who was on the other side of the room, I'm like, is is this real? Is this and I'm like, what the hell happened? Was did somebody like spill like a plate of spaghetti on him just before he went out and somebody said, well quick, put on somebody else's jacket who happens to be an ex NBA player. Yeah, right. Steve Harvey was in the other room. <laughs> Seriously, it's like that alone, how would anybody have taken him serious? The fact that the shoulders of the jacket are up to his it, it looks like a little kid put on his dad's suit. Like it's like he just ate a bowl of frosted mini wheats. But the kid in me <laughs> is giving an address to the United States. Oh, but but he is. And and look, I yeah, I did not watch the Emmys, but the next day I'm reading all the people who were upset. It's like, yeah, when Blotus was a candidate and he went on um, Jimmy Fallon, yeah, and he rubbed his hair and he joked, he humanized him a bit, like, and now, but here with the Emmys, it's why with these people who, I mean, Sean Spicer was just as brutal about going after celebrities and comedians and you know the whole entertainment industry as he was spouting his lies. Why are you humanizing him and, and giving him this moment of levity? Yeah, so it's, it's I didn't see this either, but I saw the clips and uh, it is a little um, gross to see Sean Spicer kind of trying to yuck it up with the celebrities, and then backstage. James Corden was uh, taking a photo with Sean Spicer, and he uh, kissed him on the cheek, you know, and, you know, she, she saw Sean Spicer recoiling a bit. So James Corden got some shit for that as well. And you know what? I agree. I agree that if you're going to lambast these people uh, while they're in office and while they're doing irreparable harm to a country right, by flat out lying to them about policies and what the president's doing, uh, and then try to go out afterwards and say, well, that I fucked that up, but... I'm going to go back to what I really wanted to do in the first place, entertain. Right. And and that's the thing. If 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 he was caught up in a bad moment where, okay, he wasn't supposed to be in that position and he got thrown out there in an oversized coat and this is one time he had to defend you know, his boss and he did it with such like vigor, then he went on to do whatever. But no, he, he was there for months and the only reason he's not spokesperson now is he was chased off by the mooch. 
Yeah, all, and the Mooch, by the way, made his own little uh, public appearance this week. I know he's doing his own media tour, but did you see the clip of him on The View? No, I, I saw the TMC thing, but tell me The View. So The View, a couple of, I think... Now, Joe, I wasn't watching The View. Neither was I. I have things to do in the morning, like masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> but I masturbate to The View, to the, so okay. two, two for one. Touche. So anyway, but I saw the clip of him on The View, and they had their own little SNL moment where they asked him who they thought did the best impersonation of him, and uh, Scaramucci said, well, you know, Bill Hader did me on the Saturday Night Live Weekend Update. That was pretty funny. And then they had Mario Cantone on The President Show, and then um, all of a sudden you hear, like, Hail to the Chief or something, and then Mario Cantone comes out. Oh, that's... Did he know? And, no, I don't think so. And he, la- he laid into Scaramucci. Like, Scaramucci was trying to, like, shut him up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Pour yourself a cold one. The Mooch was trying to kind of quell him and maybe take away some of his uh, thunder, but unfortunately, he was in full Mooch. When oh. he, like, he didn't come out as Mary Cantone. He came out as the Mooch. And Did he have a pinky ring? I, I, probably, I think he had the whole thing. And they, they were dressed alike, like tie for tie. Oh, and uh, it was just, it was fantastic. I, unfortunately, I don't, well, fortunately for you, I'm not going to quote any of his awesome lines, but go online and see the View clip of Mario Cantone and the Mooch. I think it's like a five-minute clip. And uh, he, yeah, he lays into him. And good for Mario Cantone because, oh, one thing that I did notice is that when he came out, Mooch went to hug Mario Cantone. And to Mario's credit, he did not hug him back. He just sort of stood there with his arms by his side, kind of looking to the side a little bit like, oh, shit, you know, this guy's going to try to hug me and I got to be on camera. Um, but I'm going to take it like a champ. But he didn't hug him back. He didn't give him the Italian air kisses on the cheeks. Um, he just went into full mooch. You know, because it's... Pop- and why is full mooch a thing? <laughs> or is it? The hashtag full mooch. Full, hashtag full mooch. Copyright uh, carnival personnel. You no, know, no, it's funny because, you know, I'm going to make this all about me because that's what I do best. Um I was doing a NASCAR gig in Darlington, South Carolina. Um, the artist was off of Idol, a girl named Casey Weston. And after you do the anthem, you always go to like the owner's box or like the, the track own box. And, you know, we're sitting there and some guy comes down in a suit and says, oh, the governor would like a picture. And it was Nikki Haley. She was governor at the time. Right. And so, you know, Casey, you know, she goes, has a picture taken. The governor's up in the box, shaking hands, kissing babies. She, her book, it just came out and she's like signing the book for, you know, people. It's not like an appearance thing. She came, you know, but her assistants brought like stacks of books in with them. Uh, and it's all, it's a billionaire owner's box. So, you know what I mean? That's the kind of people are in there. And then the, uh, one of her aides came and goes, oh, you like a picture? I'm like, no, I'm good. You know, it's like, you know, I'm working and I'm working for the track that day. I'm working as a rep of NASCAR. So I wasn't going to say, no, I fucking hate the Tea Party and everything she stands for. I hope she falls out of this window. But I politely, you know, it's like you can choose not to smooch somebody backstage. You know what I mean? Or in, in that case, you know, he's on stage. He can't run away, but you don't have to hug back. But but it's great when when I'm glad that he stood up. Because it's like this week, one of the great things that has come out of, gosh, I hate saying one of the great things that has come out of the new repeal of Obamacare is Jimmy Kimmel has just fucking been awesome. I think it's one of the shining lights, the shining beacons of hope. Right, that's a good way of putting it. And the best part is it, you know, because Joe had told me about this and I looked him up, how he ripped into the guy at Fox. Yeah, Brian Kilmeade. Uh, Brian Kilmeade, you know, he has a Fox show and... 
Um, and then after Jimmy Kimmel's initial plea to contact senators, especially in these red states, and call their senators and tell them to vote against this new McConnell-Cassidy bill, he railed against them saying, you know, you should stay out of politics and, you know, he's, he, he's just a liberal elite guy and this and that, the other thing. Kimmel basically called Brian Kilmeade out and said, look, two years ago, he was, you know, kissing my ass. He was dying for me to, like, you know, be a, write a forward for his book. And, um, you know, he said he loved me, a big fan. So this guy's a little punk phony. And if I ever see him in public, I'm going to, you know, pop him one or something like that. And then to which Brian Kilmeade went on his show the next day and said, well, I didn't want him to write a forward for my book. I wanted him to be in my book, but, you know, he said no, and I get it, you know, but I got all these other celebrities, to which, while he's on camera, he chooses to pick up his book. And sell his book, right. Right, and sell his book. Uh, so, so, yeah. so, wait, wait. Now so, Jimmy Kimmel's a bad guy because he's talking about, like, healthcare for all, or he, he's not, he was, basically, he didn't bring it back up because of his son. He brought it back up because the guy who looked him in the face and said, I'm calling this the Jimmy Kimmel test, yeah. that I will not support anything that doesn't have, you know, that has pre-existing conditions, that doesn't have lifetime caps. I want every child to be able to have access to healthcare the way your son did. And so here's Kimmel saying he lied to my face. He wasn't using his son's thing to push his agenda. But here this douchebag is calling him out for being a comedian, having a voice at the same time. He's using Kimmel bringing his book up. And I don't know if you found this online, but I did. Media Matters tweeted out a two-minute clip of their response to Fox News saying that, you know, Jimmy, people like Jimmy Kimmel, who are entertainers, should stay out of politics. And then a two-minute montage of... Fox News introducing Scott Baio and Ted Nugent and Wayne Newton and Gene Simmons and all these guys to air their opinions about, you know, health care and all the topics of the day. And, and, and a couple of commentators actually congratulating and thanking these celebrities for speaking out on these topics. Right, right. I mean, and that's, that's, I mean, we can do nothing but a podcast about the hypocrisy of them. But Jimmy Kimmel, I mean, and again, when he was first talking about when his son went through the thing, he was thanking people and he was saying how grateful he is. Well, the funny thing is, I remember when it first happened and somebody at Fox was saying, you know, called him a Hollywood elite. And he was like, oh, my God, thank you. I grew up poor in the shadows of Las Vegas. My only dream was to one day <laughs> be considered part of the Hollywood elite. And the fact that you have just given me that validation is, is all I need. But it's not like Jimmy Kimmel went up there and said, hey, I'm a comedian. I got this late night show. I got millions of followers. I'm going to spout my views. No, he backs it up by here is a list of all the all probably and he said it best it goes probably everybody watching the show has made a donation to one of these people everything from like every medical association out there you know alzheimer's ms you go down the list and he's like yeah so so don't take my word for it take them but the thing that upset him the most is the guy who put this bill forward looked him in the face and said and, and he he made no bones about it he's like he's like he he either doesn't understand the bill he put out or he lied to me and then you know one of the other senators had said well he should have called him first before, you know, going after him like this. And Jimmy Kimmel's like, why? So he can lie to me on the phone? Yeah. 
No, it's it's ridiculous, and it's just the way of Republicans doing what they do best: twisting the facts, uh, blaming the victims, uh, you know, shining the light on the liberal media and the the libtards and the snowflakes, and they're right. all wrong, and we're right, and we know what we're doing, even though we're not letting anybody else see what this bill looks like until we put it out, knowing full well that we're just gonna have Republican senators vote on this at, at face value and not actually read the well, bill. And, and you know, and again, gosh, damn it, Joe. Again, I have to say something nice about John McCain. This is third time's the charm, right? Well, you know, something like that. And, and seriously, well, I'm on wife number two, so what you're saying. Anyways, yeah. oh, they don't listen. <laughs> they don't listen. That's what's wrong with them. <laughs> they just don't know how to listen. This moment of misogyny was brought to you by the... Jock! <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah, what the, you were saying that you have to thank John McCain. Yes, and and he, he, again, he's not just voting, nope, and walking away. He's saying, and he's not even saying he doesn't agree or like anything in this process. He's upset that they're rushing it through, that there's no bipartisanism at all in this that you know and again when the ACA was put through I mean it went through months and months of debate and I forget how many like you can you can go and look it up it's like and and people like Senator Warren has talked about the truly hundred of uh, hundreds of hours on the Senate floor the number of debates number of votes and number of this and that and the fact that they want people to sign this okay you're going to get it on your desk on Monday night and we're going to vote on it Tuesday morning you know, type thing. And so allowing no time for debate. And, and and McCain, you know, one of the few times he's done this and one of the few times any Republican has done this that I can remember in the past couple decades, putting country before party. Yeah, to his credit, at least he's consistent. You know, when he first, uh, where he didn't want people to sort of rush to right, judgment. Right. That's his whole MO is at least read what we're voting on, at least take some time to deliberate and to debate and to hash out um, some uh, some finer points on these bills versus just having these conclaves of two or three people cobble together this bill. And that's what it is. Yeah. Right. And it's creepy, but yeah, good. It's working out for the American people that John McCain is taking this stance. But, but you know, and and I will post on, on my Twitter and we'll put it up on, on the you know, Facebook page and, and the Twitter page, the phone numbers of the people who call. Like, you know, we don't live in Arizona. I call at McCain's office and the other senator in the office, and I, you know, I lied. And I'm like, hey, you know, I have an L.A. number. I'm like, you know, I live in California, but my parents have retired and they live in – find whatever reason you can call – you, you just call because they still need two two more no votes. Just be like a Republican and lie. And lie. Just lie through your teeth. And by the way, Democrats lie. I get it. Settle down, Jim. <laughs> it was a joke. But uh, but seriously, it's like, and now you're hearing all the, they're trying to make deals with, with Collins in Maine and Malowski in, uh, in Alaska. It's like, oh, well, if you vote yes on this, we'll let you keep your state's Obamacare. Like, like, we'll let you keep everything that you have in place as long as you vote yes and fuck the rest of the country. They're making all these, and, and it's one of those things. It's like, well, it's hard for them to say, well, as long as you know, you know, I got to take care of my constituents first. I take care of my constituents. <laughs> You're supposed to take care. You want a cookie? <laughs> and then they, uh, but, but that's a scary thing. It's like, you still have to make the phone calls because even though, you know, 
McCain is standing tall, you still need two other GOP people to say, hey, I'm not okay with it either being rushed, I'm not okay with the process, or I'm not okay with 33 million Americans being thrown off. <clears throat> but at the same time, uh, once again, credit where credit's due, they're playing chess while the rest of the world's playing checkers. They announced that the um, because it's, it's coming up for the, um, the ACA sign-up, the enrollment time, yeah. uh, the website will be down for 12 hours every Sunday going forward for maintenance. Maintenance. So while people who, every Sunday. who work, who have to get this shit done on the weekends, yes, that's, that's when we're choosing for that time frame for it to be down. So, so anyways, it, it, if you have time to tweet, if you have time to check Facebook, just make one or two phone calls. And honestly... I felt really good, and, and I did. I called our senator, I called Warren, and we know how they're going to vote, but it's like, just to reiterate or refer, it's like, hey, you have our support by, you know, by, and again, and, and I said this to Joe a couple of weeks ago, part of me is fighting off the, why do I give a fuck? Because my two homes are Massachusetts and Los Angeles, in California. Both states have very good Healthcare safety nets and system, uh, they do. I mean, it's, it's yeah. just it's just a fact. Sure. I mean, you know, it's like, are, are we Finland? <laughs> you know, no. But you you go down the list. It's like those states are going to figure it out. Those states have healthy economies. Those states have good job markets. Those states have money. Those states are the states. And and when you talk about the giver and the taker states, I think Massachusetts, for every dollar it puts into the federal government, gets something like 67, 68 cents back. California, for every dollar it gives into the federal government, gets about the same back. And you talk about, and I'm not kidding, these red states, and it's it's hard not to be mad because these are the states that for every dollar they get, they get a dollar twenty back because they have Again, <clears throat> worse education, you know, you, you go down the list. They're the neediest. And yet these are the people who are saying, because, again, like the Fox News is, have been able to portray, oh, that Obamacare is for the blacks who like Colin Kaepernick for taking a knee. Yep. So don't vote. The whole dog whistle bullshit. And it works. And it works. And, and again, if you look at a map from 1864 and you look at the states that we have to go in and say, um, <clears throat> we're not going to own people anymore. <laughs> you know, we're, 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 we're done with that. Those were the same exact states 100 years later that you had to go back into and say to, like in Atlanta, uh, okay, yeah, when this baseball team comes down here and plays, the color folks can stay in the same hotels as the white folks. Uh, there's a pattern. There's, and so you want to say 60 years later? We're going to the same exact state saying, uh, yeah, uh, black people can vote and we can't just randomly shoot them. And then it's almost like fucking, you know, Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada is just fucking being awesome to taunt us even more. Uh, he, I guess he's a big – his socks game is pretty great. He's pretty famous for wearing fun and cool socks, and I think I I forwarded on Twitter the other day. He's at he's at some big you know sit down conference. He crosses his feet, and somebody takes a picture. He's wearing Chewbacca socks. Yeah, like seriously, why haven't they built a wall? You know, right? I mean? If there's any reason to have a foot fetish with this man, right? It's for the Chewbacca it, it, it socks, would be, but he has all ladies. Kinds. And 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 then the funny thing, it's like, and again, if you 
is is Justin Trudeau perfect? No. Is Canada perfect? No. Um, but at the same time, you know, Google Justin Trudeau quantum computing, and it's one of my favorite clips where he was at the opening of a school. Um, and and they are quantum computing, and somebody in the media core kind of was goofing around. It's like, oh yeah, I'm quite sure you're here to, you know, help lend your expertise. And uh, and everybody kind of laughs. He goes, oh no no wait, and he starts to talk, and everybody chuckled, thinking he was going to, you know, make some kind of joke. And he and he said, he goes, look it, after I'm done talking. Everybody in here is going to know a lot more about quantum computing. And then he turns to the staff and goes, well, maybe not everybody. You, you guys might know a little less when I'm done talking. But then he goes on to give a rudimentary um, but eloquent breakdown of the fundamental differences between, like, you know, the the computing that's being done now and the advances in quantum computing and why this is exciting. And you're, you're looking at that and you're thinking, okay – and and somebody leading the country to his south is tweeting about the Emmy ratings. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> the know? dichotomy of man. So so you know I don't want to put down our country and say we want to be Canadian, but um, could be worse. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to be a Canadian idiot. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and speaking of idiots, which by the way, um, we are woefully sh- short this week on Weird Al references. So if you could get more of those, actually, speaking about Weird Al, let's jump right ahead to Control Alt Delete. Oh, while so we're talking computing, Jacques this morning tweeted me or texted me tweeting texting. It's all the same to me now because I'm old. Uh, he texted me a picture of a headline with Bill Gates saying that Bill Gates wishes he could have fixed Control Alt Delete. That there was. Some way that he could incorporate a uh, one-button shutdown or reboot method to Windows, uh, where uh, Jock went on to <laughs> caption the photo, I will control-alt-delete you, referencing the great Weird Al Yankovic in his song, It's All About the Pentiums. And I tweeted that specifically to Joe because we were driving across the country. He was playing that song, which is, I think, my favorite Red Al song. And when he pantomimes it, I will control, alt, delete you. Uh, I almost swerved into oncoming traffic laughing. Uh, but no, I, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was uh, kind but how of big a nerd of you that you got the joke. It's so sad. <laughs> it's, see what, look, I learned it from watching you, okay? Speaking of watching things uh, or listening to things, it's a time that we take a break from all this yammering and stammering, mostly me, and uh, give focus to our defunct sponsor of the week. Um, I'm sure you'll enjoy this defunct sponsor. It's not Toys R Us. Oh, (laughs) God. They're filing for bankruptcy protection, okay? They're no Radio Shack. (laughs) Although they should be. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, there was a... God damn it. When I saw that headline that Toys R Us was filing for bankruptcy, I thought of the Family Guy throwaway gag where they show an establishing shot of a toy store, and on the front of the toy store, it said, Toys are overpriced. <laughs> like, they just had no no pun. It was no. just like, it, yeah, because you walk in there, and it's, yeah, stuffed in, like a stuffed Chewbacca doll would be like, you know, $70 and your child. Right. I can get that on eBay with a reach around for half that. Although it's funny that IGN, the uh, IGN.com, they're like a gaming review kind of website, and they published a video that somebody had put together from their staff with uh, all of the, it was like a slow motion kind of 
uh, sad music version of the Toys R Us jingle, like I don't want to oh, grow up, that's and it's awesome. like you know all this sort of wistful kind of nostalgia about going into Toys R Us, and then at the very end, it's black and white, and it says you know R.I.P. Toys R Us, nineteen thirty nine to nineteen two thousand seventeen or whatever the, the dates were. Um, but no, they're not dead. Uh, but this I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> but this sponsor is. Where are you going to find all the hottest toys? On the planet Mars? No! On a mountaintop? Uh-uh! Hot we got at KB Toy Stores. It's the place to shop. You'll see all the latest toys to choose from. Hot we got at KB. Can't find that popular new toy? If it's hot, then KB's got it. And you'll find a big selection of the hottest toy hits every day at all of our convenient locations. All the latest toys to choose from. Hot we got at KB. All right, thank you. <laughs> well, welcome back, Joe. Seriously, I don't know how I'm going to spend all that money from these defunct sponsors. No, sorry. I do know how I'm going to spend that money. How? I'm going to buy Tom Brady's new book. Oh, really? Which is the number two selling book on Amazon right now, right behind Hillary Clinton's book. Great. Everyone wants her to shut up. Well, I don't. But, <laughs> she, but yet her book is number one. So I'm guessing. Well, she's not talking, technically, unless you buy the, you buy audio, the audio book. Yeah. Which is funny. Uh, so somebody has recently said uh, the show's the same every week. Trump is lame. Pets are great. And Joe barely speaks. So we got the Trump is lame part out of the way. Yep. <laughs> let's get into the pets are great. Oh, they are, aren't they? But let's first talk about um, TB12. Aside from football, a few weeks ago, you know, we have been talking shockingly about, you know, the, the GOAT, Tom Brady, and he had these billboards, you know, around New England because he was doing this talk with Tony Robbins, and he was going to be one of the guest speakers with Tony Robbins. And then that's when, you know, we know we're, we're counting down to start hating Tom Brady. Yeah, the douche countdown. You know, and, and granted, uh, it won't be while he's playing. It won't be while he's hopefully winning a sixth championship this year and maybe a seventh the year after or one more before he hangs it up. But as soon as he's done, Don't it's get greedy. Like, it's hard not to. But, <laughs> but, but seriously, the douche factor is getting... It's getting a little hard to stomach, and and it's funny, not from just me or you. This week, you know, Belichick was asked about, oh, are you going to get Tom's book because it just come out? And he, in and, and hoodie, gruff fashion, is like, I see Tom every day. I don't need to buy his book. <laughs> you know? uh, and then his sidekick, uh, Brady's sidekick, this guy named Guerrera, who the FDA has successfully sued and prosecuted a couple times because he was selling like cancer water and, and these, med- these un-FDA regulated things saying it cured almost everything, you know, um, and so he's kind of a douchebag, um, but he's gotten Tom Brady under his spell and for like and, – and granted, it's one of those things. It's like, okay, well, this new diet might be working. Maybe it's part genetics. Maybe it's because he's insane in his work ethic and maybe the diet and his different training is prolonging his career. But part of his book that everybody is ripping, have you heard about he doesn't get sun, sunburns? No. He doesn't he's, – He's a white guy. His, his, so – and here's the great thing. When you were talking about Hillary's book, well – you know, she's reading, a, you're reading her book, so she's not talking unless you get the audiobook. So Tom Brady's book came out in audio form, and it's a six-disc set. 
He talks the first 15, 20 minutes on the first disc and 15, 20 minutes on the last disc, and the rest of it is a voiceover guy. Oh, wow. So he doesn't even do his own So thing. he's like the Alistair Cook of his own book. And Alistair Cook was the guy who hosted Masterpiece Theater. Never mind. Shut no, no, up, no, 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 no. Go on. No, no. Was you barely speak. So <laughs> That's why talk. I barely speak, because I don't make sense when I do. No. So anyway, so he part of his book, and and you can hear it. I mean, all the radio stations here are playing clips of it. He is talking about, well, you know, because of his hydration, because he's always drinking the right type of water and the right amount of water that he doesn't get sunburned anymore. And he says, well, when I was growing up in California, I was a fair-skinned Irish kid, so, you know, I would get burned all the time and blah, 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 and now I don't get sunburned. Um, Which, if he drinks as much water in the book as he says, maybe there's some truth to it, Joe. Maybe there's some truth to it. Because if you drink that much fucking water, there's no way you're not in the house peeing all the time. So you can't be getting a sunburn. Yeah, he's... um. He's like, I think maybe five years away from driving a van down to a Miami hurricane for relief. Uh, he, did he call shotgun? Yeah, I know. He's going to be the Kurt Schilling of the 2020s, I, I, I have a feeling. It's, it's just sad. It's like, in his book, and reading, you know, all the excerpts and, and hearing people talk about it and hearing his voiceover, I equate it to Scientology in the, in the sense that there's a lot of stuff in there that is right, that is science-based, that does make sense, and then there's the other 75% that is batshit crazy. And look, one of the reasons Tom Brady uh, last week became only the second 40-year-old to throw for 400 yards is because his work ethic, because he was gifted with these genes, because he has the best coach, because he has a great offensive coordinator. Stars align. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things. Does eating avocado ice cream, just cutting... Uh, just cutting uh, tomatoes because it swells the arteries out of your diet. Helpful? Maybe. But at the end of the day, it's like, I can eat like Tom Brady. I can work out with Alex Guerrera. I'm not going to be throwing four yards in the NFL. I think it's a little unfair to maybe... Look, I know that you like Tom Brady a lot. So I think it's upsetting to you that he's doing basically what every other uber celebrity does at some point cashes the fuck in on his celebrity you know and cashing in is fine i i don't regret like the people who sign ridiculous contracts you know what if a fucking team wants to pay you that god fucking bless them um you know i did but that's work you know but you know and it's true it's like i saw like we were walking through the mall the other day and it did break my heart management pointed out at one of these souvenir shops for 450 dollars you can send something to bobby or to get signed and sent back to you like not meet him not and 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 it killed me it killed me because this is a guy i worship my whole life who signs everything and i don't know if he he's in his like 70s by now if whatever I don't begrudge people doing that, but the scary thing is the irresponsibility because there's a lot of fucks out there who buy into Scientology, who somebody who they look up to, and, and again, everybody's looking at this guy waiting for him to be 40, and as of last week's game, he ain't fucking 40 yet, and when he says in the offseason, when he says he's faster now than he's ever been. And you go back to his, you know, honestly, you know, 18 years ago at his combine workout. He he's a college quarterback and he's doughy, frumpy, 
and he ran the 40. You could time his 40 with a calendar. And he's still not fast, but his footwork is better. His scrambling is better now than it was five years because he's working on that in the offseason. He's in better shape. He takes care of, I mean, all of these things. But when he says, this is how you should drink water. This is how you should eat. This is how, I mean, he's selling pajamas and he's selling, you know, his own food and he's selling, and it's great. But when you're saying that there's science behind that and you won't get a sunburn if you drink enough water. I get what you're saying now. Yeah. And you don't want him espousing bullshit. Bullshit. And again, the guy he co-wrote the book with, his guru, twice before has been prosecuted successfully prosecuted by the FDA and third time on this podcast <laughs> right so so that's so you know we're getting into the patriot so look you know we can't have enough patriot talk we're talking about douchebag patriots why don't we move on to Aaron Hernandez <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ oh even from the grave this yeah. guy is still fucking everybody over well he's not fucking anybody over I mean listen Aaron Hernandez was a f- he was a fucking thug. No, and, no, and he was no. A hey, guy. he died an innocent man. I know. I get it. <laughs> he died an innocent man. Whoa. That's a Billy Joel song. Not really because that song was sung poorly. Anyways, <laughs> getting back on track. So Aaron Hernandez's family is now suing both the NFL and the New England Patriots for a, basically a wrongful death suit over the fact that they discovered that CTE was discovered uh, posthumously, obviously, because you can't discover CTE otherwise. Um, well advanced, staged three CTE, the youngest uh, specimen I think ever to have been studied under, you know, people who study CTE have never seen CTE this advanced in a man so young before. Right. Now, by the way, New England Patriots had him for, I think, what, 20 years, right? 20, yeah, good it was 20, about 20, 20, 20, 20, year, 20 25 yep, years. Yep, yep. No, wait, sorry. That was from the Fox News headline. Oh, okay. No, or some other fake. That was from a Russian website that I read. <laughs> uh, three years. Right. Three years in the NFL. But but he never played football before that. That's right. He just started when he started the New England Patriots. And, and, he won a lottery. And he was never in a in, in gang activity. No. He was never in a street fight. He was never he never had I don't know well, I don't know what his upbringing was, but I'm sure that he never had an abusive lifestyle and yeah. and, and from what I understand, his time in prison. Oh yeah. Um Model, model citizen, just kept to himself, you know, dealt with like all the, you know, all the, all the boarding in Christians, staying in his cell, stay. We're being sarcastic, but obviously we're alluding to the fact that, yeah, you could not have developed this kind of CTE brain damage over the course of the three years that the New England Patriots had employed him. Now, that said, that's not saying that the New England Patriots in the NFL didn't try to suppress any sort of symptoms that he may have been experiencing or made him play through certain symptoms during his career because they were trying by, to... By the time he came into the league, they they were still in the kind of deny, deny, deny thing. But the facts were already out there. But but let's back up. While he was, you know, while, you know, while, while he was at the University of Miami, um, not, not the University of Miami, he played Florida State, yeah. um, which is great. He had a gang background. He had trouble getting into college because of his gang background. In college, there was a number of gun-related incidents. There was a number of gang-related incidents that he was involved with. He's always been a bad dude. The thing that cracked me up is he was their star tight end, having the ball thrown to him by Jesus. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tim Tebow. Tim ah. Tebow. So Tim Tebow was his college quarterback. So he. Uh, so on one side of the spectrum, you have Tim Tebow. You know what they say about playing in high in college football? I do not. You take the good. You, okay. You, take the, you pass to the bad. You take the bow. <laughs> yeah, and you and got a touchdown eventually. <laughs> I thought you had the facts life, but he. Uh, but that's that's the thing. It's like, and then there was an article that came out like you know about two or three months before he died about his time in prison, and. We hear more about it in the New England area because he is here and he is Aaron Hernandez. Um, the number of fights he has been in, the number of times he's been put in solitaire, the number of times he's been attacked. Because again, well, that was also he was suffering from the symptoms, by the way. You know, like it's not like he had developed even further CTE. Uh, from being in prison, so I, I don't know. I, are you saying that because of the CTE, he got into further? No, I'm saying, saying he that- he had a violent, violent life, life, anyways. Yeah, and when you get punched in the face in prison or get tackled on the field, who do you know where it came? And and okay, so here's the crazy, here's the effed up thing. So the first two people that he shot, those people were shot like his first year in the the you know the off season, his first year in the NFL. And so you're saying it, you know. So if, if if he had this CTE that was causing him to be a violent, violent criminal and a psychopath, because when you hear the story about, you know, he had shot a friend in Miami like the year before that they paid money to shut him up or, or to not, you know, to prosecute. I mean, he he had all these incidents. It's like before he got to the NFL. Did did him getting hit in the NFL help at all? Fuck no. It's and again. I've been standing on the sidelines of NFL games, and when you see the collisions, it's it's brutal. Now I don't know why. It maybe it is you know I come from hockey, and now you know guys in hockey are bigger, stronger, and faster. They're going faster than ever. And will we find out that you know that there's more? I mean the NFL, the NHL has a great concussion thing. We hear these we hear these horrible. I mean I can sit here and just. You know, bring in our friend Biff and enlist twenty household hockey names who have had awful post playing careers because of head injuries. None of them are going out killing people. Right. I mean that that that's a thing. But of course, hockey uh, is populated by a lot of rich white dudes. So no, 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 no. I mean, when you hear when you hear, I mean that that's maybe a stereotype. Like in it, hockey is so expensive to play. Yes. But the history of hockey, it, it's true. It's the poor Canadian farm kids. I mean, these are middle class, lower middle class. I mean, and upper middle class. I mean, the whole country fucking plays hockey. Yeah. God bless Canada. But but seriously, okay, no. They're, they're, no so they're not rich white kids. They're poor white kids. Right. Well, as long as the whiteness is, is, is <laughs> no. But, I, but I'm saying it's like I don't to say that that football is causing you know it's not. We know that it's a cash grab. We know that right. obviously where they're going to go after the fucking and, and, high school that he went and to. And Joe and I talked. To, maybe maybe that's next who's on the hit list. But uh, but Joe Joe and I talked a little bit about the uh, the ambulance chaser who was representing the family. Uh, he has, uh, he was, um, oh, uh, Casey Anthony's lawyer. He was part of the Casey Anthony I team. I did not know that. He, uh, he was Ed, also. did you know that? He was I also not, sir. a consultant for, uh, for George Zimmerman. Oh, that fine young gentleman. Yeah. So, so, I mean, Aaron Hernandez and the whole thing about him killing himself in prison. And it was one of those things where, um, they said at the time that this was going to happen, that if he had killed himself before the trial, that technically, because of Massachusetts law, he would die an innocent man. And the, and the if you have a murder conviction, you get an appeal. And Aaron Hernandez knew that. And he wrote a letter to his 
girlfriend saying you're rich. Yeah. You know, knowing that not only would they be able to have this suit and whether this suit moves forward or not, the money that he had gotten, he would be able to keep because it would make it much harder on the victim's family to sue him, to sue his estate for wrongful death. And I kind of wonder how much money is the family or yeah, how much funny. Let me try that again. How much money is the family going to reap from this lawsuit or settlement that they get from the NFL and the Patriots versus the percentage of the money that's going to this so-called lawyer? Right, right. You know, it, it, it's, it's it's gross all around. Well, well, there's yeah, there's a reason that those those. You know, uh, those lawyers work pro bono, and you know, and the term pro bono comes from like I, pro I believe. Oh no, no. <laughs> I believe pro bono is a male porn star, uh, but pro bono. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's Latin for the public good or the good of the public. I forget the translation. Yes. But hey, we got one more, two more big patriot things to talk about, and again, and we only have. You know, 10 seconds left. The no. Mooch. Oh, right. The Mooch. What about the Mooch? The, the Mooch NFL? goes on TMC this week, and he he's there. Who's who's the host for TMC? Who's the guy who runs it? Well, Harvey Levin. Harvey Levin. Him and Harvey Levin are standing there being coy with each other. They obviously had a conversation before going on camera, and the Mooch put out there the reason that Tom Brady did not go to the White House was because uh, Giselle didn't want him around Ivanka Trump, who in the past, um, POTUS has said they would make a great couple. Hmm. You know, POTUS loves... Tom you know, Brady. loves Tom Brady. Loves Ivanka. Loves Tom Brady. And loves Ivanka. And loves Ivanka. Yeah. A little, a little creepy. A little, little, too much. little way too much. But but seriously, that that the mooch put out there, it wasn't political. It wasn't that she doesn't like his politics, that she didn't want Tom Brady. It's like they were gonna you know how Gronk at the White House snuck into the press thing with Again, our good friend Sean, Sean Spicer. Spicer. Uh, they was there going to be the secret tryst in the White House with mm. you know TB12 and Ivanka? But yeah, I'm sure that's going to happen. But it was like so, so that that was um, the Mooch is a horny creep, isn't he? he? Just creep, you know, you uh, creep, creep. Speaking all the way of around. creep, let's talk about this week. I don't know how uh, that's not a bad segue. So this this week. Um, obviously, you'll have heard the podcast after the Patriots have played the Houston Texans, but we have your lock of the week. Oh, I wish I had a lock sound effect. So here's the funny thing. It's like during the, not the funny thing, but during the hurricane and J.J. Watt, who plays for Texans, who I've always hated off the field. He's kind of a douche kind of guy, but he raised all this money. I'm like, it's going to be hard to root against him. And Joe's like, yeah, give it a week. (laughs) Well, he comes to town this week and I hope the Patriots win uh, big. My, my prediction is 31 to 10. Um, Was that your prediction from earlier? Yeah, yeah. uh, No, no, no. My original prediction was was 24-17. Oh, okay. You know what we should be doing, though? Because we're posting on Monday after the Sunday game, we really should be looking ahead to week five. Oh, okay. You know, so maybe... I'll do that next week. Do it now. Well, who who do they Uh, have after that? Oh, you want me to look that up? So, yeah. No, (laughs) but... uh, but I, I do. So here's the thing. It's like um, they have a rookie quarterback, and I don't think Belichick has ever lost to a rookie quarterback at home as a Patriot coach. He's only lost to rookie quarterbacks like five times. And when you go down the list, you're like, really? That guy fucking beat you? Um 
you know, who 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 had one great game, like Geno Smith of the 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 Jets. You know, one of the worst starting quarterbacks ever. Uh, he beat them his rookie year. So so with- so looking ahead to Week Four, because we're we're being proactive here on Carnival Personnel. Week Four is a Sunday night. I'm sorry, Sunday afternoon game uh, against the. Uh, the Panthers, oh, okay. yeah, 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 at the, home, at at home. Carolina comes. So Carolina, um, what's your carnival personnel? Jacques Lambert lock of the week. Thirty-one. Hmm, they they have a decent offense. Thirty-one seventeen. It's a two-point score. All right, thirty-one seventeen. Gotta make a note of them. So note so it. now let me get this straight. So Trump sucks. <laughs> Pets are great. Joe barely speaks. Okay, good, good. As long as we got... But now Joe is going to speak because Joe has a big family outing tomorrow we're going to talk of. Okay. You mean we had a big family outing yesterday? You had a big family outing yesterday. Fuck, man. Just think fourth dimensionally. I got... <laughs> That's the time dimension. Yeah, I, I can't. Right? No, I'm with you. You got to think ahead. Uh, or think I'm always thinking ahead. Right. <laughs> oh! Think, oh, hey oh. So we went to this uh, Renaissance Fair, um, and it was a blast. I can't lie anymore. We're recording this the day before I'm going to the Renaissance Fair. We're going to this place called King Richard's Fair, and it's... um, You've been before, right? We have. We haven't been there in a couple of years, but it's held in Carver, Carver, Mass. for a couple of months this time of year, every year, and... um, you know, it's going to be a nice sunny day, and it's but it's a wooded area. It's supposed to hit eighty. Yeah, right. So, Late September, and New I England. love I love the eighties. 80. It's my <laughs> favorite numbers. Um, but yeah, I think this year my littlest one is going to be dressing up as Link, who he dressed up for. Uh, under, Link. That's yeah, great. Link from uh, Legend of Zelda. He's going to dress up, I think, as him. Uh, because he had the costume left over from last Halloween. Um, our older son, uh, Connor, is not going to dress up. I think he's just going to dress up as a person, as am I. I think uh, my uh, my my significant other is going to be uh, putting on some sort of a uh, bustier or something chesty. Chesty LaRue is what I'm going to call her the whole day. Um, I, no, I'm not going to call her that. Um, yes, you are. Okay, I will. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, and, and, and God bless you for it. Yeah, so we've been to this Renaissance Fair. Actually, are you looking at my tits? Yes. Yeah. Look what you're wearing. Right, you're wearing a shirt saying "Look at my tits" <laughs> on, right across your tits. What the fuck? No, but uh, you know, she, she, we, we have, we have a nice time over there. You know, um, it's, uh, yeah, you do get a lot of adults. You do get, uh, but you do get a lot of little kids there too. Um, and it's funny when you go to these like shows, you know, that they put on in the rent right. fair. And then they have the performers sort of like doing their shtick, and they're telling like these dirty jokes. And it says, "Oh, and by the way, we have a saying here at the at King Richard's Fair: if your kids get the joke, it's not our fault." <laughs> See, and I'm bummed because originally when Joe asked a few weeks ago, he goes, "I know your answer is no. Do you want to go to this? But do you think the family want to go?" I'm like, "Yeah, no, I would want to go, but let's ask management." And I knew she would react, you know. But in that time, the littlest guy signed up for hockey, the oldest one signed up for gymnastics, and that's all, you know. And we were going to do it today and stuff, so we can't go tomorrow. And and we're bummed because honestly, 
I would like that. That kind of stuff is fun. I mean, if you're not a comic book guy, it doesn't mean that Comic-Con isn't a blast. If you don't have to be a, a huge gamer, because I've gone to the IGN like conventions, those things are great. Anytime that, and it's the same thing when you go to the big theme parks and you are immersed in like, you know, either a Gotham or either the Harry Potter world, it's fun to go into those different worlds. And especially when it's something like this, where so many people are buying into it. Um, and Joe and I are going to do a sideshow about this after this uh, and talk about, like, you know, which is the hottest one of these things because a big part of the gaming conventions and the big part of Comic-Con is how many hot chicks are dressed up as either Power Girl or is either uh, Slave Leia or... So do you... Do you uh, we, we, we could just go jump ahead to the video game review? Jump ahead. We limp into? Yes. <laughs> Let's do our stupid random video game review of the week. I know. I called it stupid, and Jacques doesn't like it when I call it stupid. So Jacques is going to the shelf, uh, O-Games, and he's moonwalking back so I can see his sweet ass coming right at me. Um, he pulled he's off... right at us! <laughs> he took out a game that is right after Russian Attack. Um, and, uh, God, I'm going to say Rygar. Is it Rygar? It is not. Oh, okay. It is Section Z. I have not played this game, unfortunately. I can't really give it a review because I haven't played it, but it's an old, uh, one of the first games released by Capcom. Yeah, they do They do Resident Evil. They do Resident Evil. They are Street Fighter fame, uh, Mega Man, uh, all of those great games. This was one of their first outings on the NES. Um, I really don't have much to say about it. I think it's... Like, kind of Japanese mech-oriented, I believe. Maybe it's a shooter. Um, I'm sure it's a very nice game. I think it's a arcade port. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm guessing it's... Jacques right now is looking at the ultimate guide to the NES. What do you think he gave it his rating? Pat, the NES punk, Pat Contry, who wrote the book, probably gave it a three stars. Nailed it. Nailed it! Why don't you read the opening? Let's see what Pat says about it. This <clears> book, <throat> by the way, uh, that's a workout, getting that book off Holy the Holy mackerel, yeah. Uh, section Z. Mm-hmm. In this horizontal shooter, the player takes control of an astronaut in a jetpack to take out an alien empire. What's unique about this shmup, which is short for shoot 'em up experience, is that the player can turn and shoot left using the B button, as well as turn and shoot right using the A button. This makes for a dynamic, fun shooter experience with player being able to take out enemies on either side as they track across the screen. So, yeah, I mean, it's your average run-of-the-mill, I guess, shooter. It's one of the first, I guess, on the NES. Um, All I know about Capcorn is they make my favorite games. Capcom. Okay, see. Capcorn. <laughs> Jimmy Capcorn. And I don't care. Uh, and what are we looking for a price? Um, I'm going to say... Seven dollars, right on the button. Wow! Yeah, it's coming right at seven. Sweet. Bucks. Oh man, I'm on today. Oh, I like six six ninety five. Oh, I went over. No, oh, that's boom, 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 boom. yeah. You, you weren't the close. Speaking one, of one dollar. <laughs> speaking of prices, right? I'm just going to throw this in there. So, this week marked the tenth anniversary of Drew Carey's hosting, uh, taking over as host of The Price Is Right. So to celebrate, uh, The Price Is Right decided to shake up the prize giveaway. On their showcase showdown, the big wheel, 
where they have three contestants come up and they step up to the wheel and they try to get a dollar so that they can get to the showcase. Are you explaining the price is right to America? <laughs> I know. What's wrong with me? So instead of usually on the game, if you get a dollar, you get a thousand dollar bonus. And then if you spin the bonus section and you, you spin again and you get a dollar again, you'll get $10,000. Well, this time they said, fuck it. Um, if you spin the wheel and you get a dollar on your regular spin, you get $10,000. And the bonus spin, if you get a dollar, you get $25,000. All three contestants hit a dollar. Wow. And two of the bonus spins hit a dollar. So they gave away $80,000 on that one little That's like show. Wheel of Fortune money. I know. But to three different people, I got it all. And I went on because it's me. Uh, but uh, yeah, so like three people got $10,000 each. And then two other people got $25,000 on top of that. So after taxes, they, they take home a cool nickel. Nice. <laughs> no, <laughs> but what a nickel. But yeah, so that was what happened on Price is Right, which has nothing to do with what we were talking about. But I just made the Price is Right reference earlier. So I thought I'd shoehorn that in. Jacques? Uh, so do you got a parenting tip of the week? Uh, I'm going to say make your kids do the chores. You know, don't be lax. You know, everybody nowadays is sort of like, eh, you know, we'll let the uh, the the gardener do the gardening and we'll let our maid do the cleaning because everybody nowadays has a maid and a gardener and whatnot. Uh, make make sure that your kids know what it's like to do manual labor. Um, and Wait, not, manual labor? He's not the shortstop for the Cardinals? hey oh. <laughs> But <laughs> I was going to say, he's one of the, our Portuguese laborers, manual labor. <laughs> Shut up, Joe. Manny labor. Right. No, but I say, yeah, make sure that they don't just sit around and play video games all day. Make sure that they get out there and rake the leaves like a good boy should. You know, I'll piggyback on that. It's the same thing. Don't be an enabler. The one thing the, the little bastards have to do in the morning... Um, I put their backpacks together, I make their lunch, put it in there, put them on the same table by the front door, and at least half the time, they walk out the back door to walk to the bus without them. And there's been a couple times we've got halfway to the bus stop, and I've said, oh, where's your backpack? Well, you didn't get it? It's like, I'm sorry, maybe uh, phrase it a different way. Where's your fucking backpack? What about your backpack? Was it confusing? Was it the word your or backpack that threw you off? And they get so pissed that I'm like, well, you better hurry up. The bus is going to be here. And, and, and they get so frustrated. But if you, if, if you go back and get it or if I constantly remind them, it, because I did it the other day and I feel like a dick doing it, um, you know, but sat and did his homework with them. I told them to put it in the thing. And I saw it sitting out. And so I didn't I didn't pack it for him in the morning. And then he got home and he goes, I had to stay inside during recess because I didn't bring in my homework. It's like, well, see, part of doing your homework is putting in the folder and putting in I mean, I can't I'm not going and I feel like, oh, like like the great Santini, you know. <laughs> but but if you fucking do that for them. Yeah, you know? I mean he you know what you you know what he took away from that? Is that he'll won't make that mistake again. Yeah, and if he does, you know He's a fucking idiot. Fucking idiot, you know. Uh so we got that. So uh thank you for listening. Uh it is um the Jacques Four uh at Twitter. It's OptiGrabber. Two the great Bs. Op- yeah, right. <laughs> what? Uh, OptiGrabber oh, has two Bs. Bs. Oh, yeah. two Bs. <laughs> uh don't don't throw off my smelling any more than it is. Uh thank you for listening. Oh, and uh, Joe, please do not forget. Mm-hmm.